And we're live. Sorry about the long intro, guys. I'm sorry to sorting that up, but apparently it's still 30 seconds long. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting down today with a uh, guy. One of the, well, why, don't you, why don't you introduce yourself? Let's talk about yourself. Sure, Caleb. Uh, my name is Brandon Harnish. I'm a um, resident of Indiana, live in Wells County, and I'm running for Wells County Council, member of the uh, county Republican Party here, uh, Former, formerly a member of the Libertarian Party. <laughs> So before we get right into it, why don't you tell everybody a little bit of where you, where you come from, what's your intellectual history like? Where do you start off, where you're at now, what do you believe? Sure, I can give a real brief synopsis. Um, Mises University graduate, 2007, 8, and 9, uh, went to the Rothbard Graduate Seminar in 2010, uh, published a couple of articles in the Independent um, Review uh, edited when it was edited by Robert Higgs, um, and... Um, Oh, I presented various papers on um, issues relating to um, economics, um, philosophy, Alistair McIntyre, C.S. Lewis, um, those types of intellectuals at Friedrich Hayek. So um, I am well versed in libertarian economics, libertarian uh, philosophy, um, and um, Austrian economics is probably the proper way to say it. So at any rate, that's that's sort of the intellectual background. Uh, degree in history, um, bachelor's degree. Nice. Very nice. So how did you get involved in your local GOP and what made you decide to run, a run, for, run for something? Yeah. So without getting into too much detail um, as to the reason why, um, we were having a conflict with our local county tax assessor. And, um, and that I, we can discuss that um, when we have a little bit more time. Um, so I'll just lay that aside, but there was a conflict and um, that was the, that was sort of the match dropped into the, um, the oil drum that really got me involved. Um, I would say the, um, the summer riots of 2020, the COVID lockdowns, those things all kind of, they were priming the pump, so to speak, but the, the real impetus was this conflict with the assessor and um, joined the local Republican party, became friends with the chairman, um, built a good relationship with him, built a good relationship with various other members of the party, uh, including elected officials, um, commissioners, um, county and city council people, um, state representative, state senator. Um, so really just working my way in there um, for reasons, um, I wouldn't say totally unrelated to libertarian politics. Obviously, disagreement with the tax assessor is going to be related <laughs> to libertarian politics for sure. Um, and as I've I've said on Twitter, you know, she stepped on the wrong porcupine, uh, <laughs> and it's true. It really is true. But um, yeah, be that as it may, that was that was kind of what moved me into the party. Um, and. I would be remiss if I also didn't mention that there was the the influence of Tho Bishop and Murray Rothbard on, okay, I'm going to do this. It's, a, it's related to business. It's related to my work. But I think there's opportunity here for something maybe a little bit more substantial. Um, if I'm going to join the Republican Party, how am I going to do this? What kind of language am I going to use? What kind of vocabulary am I going to implement? Um, how am I going to talk to these people? Um, liber uh, libertarians have a reputation of feeling like they don't have anything to learn from anybody. And, um, and I say that as somebody who once upon a time was a libertarian who felt like he didn't have anything to learn from anybody. And so um, really taking a more humble approach 
um, as, as joining the party as a younger person. I'm 35, but in politics, it's not terribly old, especially in our county. Um, and uh, so Murray Rothbard and Tho Bishop and Lou Rockwell, of course, uh, this, this paleo strategy uh, was really kind of the, the roadmap, a, a broad approach for how to, how to move into the party and mm. not take it over, but really just be a faction in the party yeah. find my allies in the party and be a faction and 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 i'll sort of just let you have the floor i, th I think that's probably a pretty good summary of how i got into the party yeah there's, there's always something about um a lot of libertarians when they think about joining anything they want to take over and be the head honcho and so on so, you know music caucus want to take over the libertarian party you tell uh music caucus you're paid like to go to the republican party like, i don't think taking over is the language you should be using here if you actually want to make allies and get things done you can't come at it from the enemy that's why one is a libertarian doesn't work for people yeah, well said. Well said. If you want to, if you want to make, if you want to get things done, you got to build allies. Absolutely. And I think libertarians and, and Murray Rothbard understood this. Liber, but libertarians need to embrace factionalism. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> my uh, my county campaign signs say "taxpayers first," because I understand that politics is a war between factions, and um, taxpayers are a faction, and they deserve rep representation on the county level. There's a lot of people who say, "Hey, I'm for the taxpayer and all that," but I. I'm, I'm dead serious about it. You know, if, if, if the, um, you know, a $10 million bond comes up and, they, and some miniature monopoly, some miniature empire here in the county wants to roll that bond over, um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to vote no on it. Um, and, and you hear this a lot. Well, we, we'll just roll over the bond. We don't have to raise taxes, right? Because the taxes were already raised, you know, 10, 20 years ago when the bond was, was, was started. And uh, I said, well, yeah, but we can lower taxes, right? It's opportunity costs. It's, 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 this is basic economics. It, if you don't spend the money on this big $10 million bond or whatever it is, then you can lower taxes because now you don't have to extract that money from the taxpaying public. Um, and uh, that, that's, that's pretty much how county government works. And, you know, as a paleo libertarian, uh, certainly an anarchist at heart to some degree, um, I, and I say to some degree only because I have my reservations about maybe this um, anarcho-capitalism in, in a in a sort of global sense. But um, on the local level, you could call me an anarcho-conservative, I think, would probably be accurate. I, I do believe in hearth and home, and, and I do believe in community. Um, but, it, but be that as it may, in my heart of hearts, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I, there's only so much pull I can have. You know, I can't privatize everything. How are you going to privatize a sewer project? But what you can bring um, as a libertarian, um, you can bring an attitude like the, the government. We, we need enough money to run the county. All right. That means making sure that people have clean water, making sure people have the, their sewage taken care of. The highway department's funded by gasoline tax. And um, you just need enough money to run the county, not to have a Taj Mahal library or um, allowing these government department heads to step on our county and, and use it as a stepping stone because they're going to go off to Cincinnati or Indianapolis or Chicago and get a higher paying department head job. And then they can say, hey, look at what we did here in Wells County. Meanwhile, we're left paying the bill. Yeah. So that's that's the attitude that I'm bringing. You say you say you're a libertarian. Um, and I have some music caucus guys listening to the podcast, and they're probably thinking right now, why is he joining the Republican Party? They're gonna backstab him. Why did he not just go through the Mises Caucus route during the Libertarian Party? Is there a reason you specifically chose to work with Republicans and go in the DOP route? Yeah, yeah. So the the, re the reason is, is pretty simple. And uh, again, without getting into too much detail, 
this property tax conflict that we were engaged in, um, the assessor was Republican. All right. So I, um, I met with, um, my party chairman and I asked her straight, I asked him straight up, how in the heck did we wind up with a tax assessor like this who won't listen to reason? She can't admit when she's wrong. And she's clearly, she puts the taxpayer last. She views her job as, you know, I need to find money for the county. That's what her job is to her in her mind. That's, that's not in her job description, but that's how she perceives it. And excuse me. Um, so why the GOP, right? Well, I, I wanted to talk to the party chairman and say, Hey, what's going on here and kind of show him the numbers, let him see the problem for himself. And, um, and when he, he was very receptive to, to my point of view, and he was very receptive to a sort of conservative libertarian, um, approach to politics. And and I felt like, well, you know what? I think there's a, 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 an open door here Mm -hmm. where I could probably, I could be a part of something here. This is not, um, this was a young guy. He, I mean, the guy's a little younger than me, um, strong, limited government, pro-life kind of guy, uh, Republican, that type of Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very, he's very close with Americans for Prosperity, which is a libertarian Koch brothers um, uh, think tank or um, mm-hmm. interest group. I don't know exactly what you call it. Think tank is probably right. Uh, political action group. And um, and so that that's sort of why I... I pursued the Republican Party in addition to, and this may be the, the most important thing, my state rep and my state senator are both Republicans. Mm-hmm. And we wanted I wanted to change the law because of what this assessor was doing. And I knew I had an a um I had talked to them about it. They were both receptive because they recognized what she was doing was wrong. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm gonna start going to the county party breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we have every month, the first Saturday of every month, there's a GOP breakfast. And that's a really good way to just stay in touch with people, to build connections, and then work with my legislators on fixing this problem. So really joining the Libertarian Party wasn't even an option. Um, I mean, I could have joined the Libertarian Party and, you know, then what? You know, how am I going to talk to these power players? They're going to be able to fix this issue. And um, more than that, I mean, the, the look on the assessor's face when she saw me for the first time at the um, Republican breakfast was priceless. I mean, she knew why I was there and she's she's not happy about it. And um, I thought, well, you know, it's not very often that a taxpayer gets pissed off enough that he starts coming to the party breakfast and she's on her way out. She's going to lose her primary because I've dragged her name through the paper about six or seven times. Not all directly because of me, but I filed a, a report to the state, a complaint, mm-hmm. and that hits the paper. And um, we're we're burying her ass. Simple as that. I mean, she stepped out of line and she's going to get crushed. And I'll tell you, um, as, a, as a libertarian, especially as somebody who, you know, I voted for Michael Bednarik in 2004, voted for Ron Paul. I've never had a political win before. Mm-hmm. And, and when my law passed and we won our tax appeal... And she's getting dragged through the paper. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at myself. I, I, how did I win this? I, I'm just not used to victories. This and, is- um, but, but remember the, this is, it, it really, I really relate to this quote from Conan. What is best in life, right? To crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, to hear the mm-hmm. lamentation of the women. It, you really feel it when you have a political <laughs> win like that, especially over after a, a nasty tax assessor. 
this is something uh, Tom Wood said when he, people asked him about what this, uh, they want to get started locally. What's the idea? He goes, well, first things first, you're going to want to win. So pick something easy. You know, yeah. you don't want to start off on a loss. So pick something you can do to win, like speed limit change or something simple. So you can get a win on your feet and ride that win for a little bit. You say you're an anarchist at heart. Um, a lot of people who are anarchists say an anarchist cannot work in the government and still count as an anarchist. What do you kind of say to these people who say you can't really be an anarchist and work for the government? Well, um, you know, it, it's a, especially, so I, I come from a Mennonite background. So I've practiced principled abstention from voting for a long time. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I did vote um, for Michael Bednarik in 2004. Um, but up until 2020, I had not voted in um, a presidential general election uh, because I wanted to abstain from the process. I've, I've been involved in caucuses and primaries, but um, um, I practiced principled abstention in the sort of pacifist, anarchist, Mennonite tradition. You can see Thoreau is, is back behind me. Um, so I, I'm I'm receptive to that, and I don't have a, a qualm with somebody who says, "Look, I practice principled abstention. Um, I I'm, an, I'm sort of a conscientious objector from the system. I I understand that position because I've been there. Um, but my response to this idea that you can't be an anarchist and work within the system, um, you know, I'm doing it. I, I don't know what I don't know what else to tell you. You know, I, I believe the state is illegitimate. I believe taxation is theft, or at the very least, extortion. Um, but I'm not willing to, to sort of lay down and take it from my tax assessor. I mean, come on. I mean, I, and, and I think, I think most libertarians recognize that joining or, or using the system to defend yourself and to defend your people is not an unethical choice. Uh, we can sort of recognize the system for what it is. And, and, and this is, this is true of, uh, of human beings all through, throughout time, um, we, we, there are unethical systems. There are systems that we object to on principle, um, but we also sort of recognize reality. We recognize that the sort of tough choices we have to make. And, and the reality is sometimes there's just no right choice. I mean, you could say, look, you know, you need to take it. You just need to, you can't get involved. You, you can't try to win political battles. You just need to take it. And, maybe okay if that's the, if that's the if that's the right choice it's not it's not wholly correct uh, would be my response to that because I, I unless you're a pacifist unless you believe in um you know you're, you're a sort of radical pacifist but but i but i think um you know even from a, maybe a pacifist perspective you would say that you need to you need to take some responsibility to avoid those conflicts mm -hmm. You know, but if I'm in business, I, we, we own a lot of property. Um, well, that's that's sort of that ship is sailed. I, I can't, you know, like like if you want to pull a Henry David Thoreau, you don't want to pay property tax. You don't want to be a part of the system because you're a pacifist. Um, build your cabin out in the woods. You know, you you don't own a lot of land. You're not going to have to pay a lot of taxes. You, you have a very low income, so you don't have to pay taxes. That's a legitimate approach. I don't I wouldn't begrudge somebody of that, but it's just not. It's not feasible for me. So, you know, we're in this position where, you know, we can just let ourselves be robbed or we can essentially pick up the gun and, and defend ourselves. And, and in this case, in this example, the local government is the gun. The political party is the gun that we have to use to protect our, our property. You mentioned something about you got a law passed. What exactly happened uh, there? Yeah. So, I mean, this, this sort of, 
I'll um, give a real brief summary. It, it, it involves this tax assessor. So, um, you know, in the state of Indiana, um, we pay property taxes. Every state has a property tax in the U.S. Uh, there are some states that don't have income tax, but every state has a property tax. Some property taxes are very low in various states. And in some states, the property tax system is very different. Uh, it varies from state to state. Well, in Indiana, we have a market value property tax system. And what this assessor was trying to do is this. She was essentially trying to say um, that you, and this is, this, is, this is kind of difficult. So effectively what they were doing was levying, levying a double income tax, okay? We own self-storage properties. And in self-storage, a high dollar figure of your real estate value is attributable to the rent that you're collecting at, at, from the business, right? So you have tenants in units paying rent. If you buy a storage facility that's full of tenants, that facility is going to cost a lot more on the market than one that is empty. Does that make sense, Caleb? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because it's generating revenue. Well, they were trying to tax us on our, on our land, which is acceptable, on our buildings, which is acceptable, but then they were adding a, of a dollar value that reflected the, the market value of our business, which we already pay taxes on. So in effect, what they were doing is this, this is what it looked like. We'd get our property taxes. And even though we would build these buildings for, you know, 14, $15 a square foot last year, it was $19 a square foot they were assessing us at over $30 a square foot because they said, this is what it would sell for in the market. And my response was, well, what, what would sell for the, the buildings or the buildings in the business? And they wouldn't answer that question, right? <laughs> they would say, well, it's market value. And I would say market value of what you're begging the question. Is it market value of the land and the property or is it market value of the land, the property and the business value? They said, well, it's, it's market value. Okay. You're not going to, I'm not going to get anywhere with these people. They're morons and they're evil. That's, I don't know how, how they're snakes. Mm -hmm. So I start talking to my state reps and I show them like, look, we build these things brand new at the time. It was about $15 a square foot adjusted for inflation over the last 15, 20 years. Now, of course, with inflation, it's a little different, but let's just roll with the $15 figure. We built these things. We build these things for $15 a square foot state rep i'm talking to him i said they're, they're that's brand new cost and they're charging us 30 dollars a square foot in property tax assessment and he's looking at this and he says how do they come up with this and i said well let me tell you how because they look at other storage facility sales in the market so when california money comes in new york money comes into indiana and these real estate investment trusts buy storage facilities they're buying them full. They're buying them with business generating revenue. And the assessor is looking at those sales and saying, well, that's what we're going to tax these people on. So I'm, I'm sorry, wait a minute. You know, if a CVS sells for $15 million, that doesn't mean the ground and the building is worth $15 million. There's a, there's a business franchise there. And our state reps, our senators, the state legislature looked at this and they said, yeah, this is wrong. You, you can't tax, this is a double, this is a backdoor income tax. It's a wealth tax. It's a value added tax. It's all kind, whatever it is, it's not a property tax. Mm -hmm. And so they capped their assets, what they did. 
and assessors continually year after year try to find new ways to steal money from people and the state every state regular has to come in and cap them one after another in fact there's a horror story from a, a, a farm um, a few miles north of me uh, maybe a few hours north of me and um, this was a, a local farmer and once a year he would open up his barn um, for like a, a bake sale where kids would come in and the community would come in and they would have a little event and he would advertise it in the paper well this was agricultural land so it's taxed very very low it's like sixteen hundred dollars an acre is what the tax is on agricultural land no, not the test the value of agricultural land an acre is like 40 bucks an acre is what you'd actually pay so the assessor got a hold of the newspaper advertisement and said this is no longer agricultural land because you held a, a sale there and she tried to change she did she changed his um land category from agriculture to commercial so it bumped him up into a higher tax bracket because of the way the indiana system worked and they they actually changed the certification requirements the state did they lowered them so that more people so it would be easier for people to primary bad assessors or run against bad assessors because you do have to have like a level one certification and i think previously it was level two or level three and that's that's the way these people operate i don't care if they're democrat or republican assessors are a specific breed and i've only met one decent assessor in my life <laughs> Well, one out of time because you have a meeting. Uh, this got bounce that scene for meeting. But before I leave, before you leave, I want to tell you this uh, comment from my Nick Hancock. LP wants to eat the DOP for breakfast, but we pay it to be one the DOP breakfast. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nick. That's the idea, right? Absolutely. Um, trying to work my way up inside the party, like running for county council, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow, Caleb. I appreciate you. Let me get on here, do a little preview, no and. Um, just to wrap up, do you have any questions? I don't want to leave the audience hanging. Do you have any questions? Well, I, I want to leave them hanging. I need, I need them to come back for part two. <laughs> well, what I meant was, do you have any questions on the property tax thing? Um, because I don't want to, I don't want them to be confused. Hmm. Um, I don't have any questions on it. If anyone has any questions, feel free to post them. But I, I, I think, I think I'm grasping it. Okay, okay, because but... it, it can take a little time to to really let it sink in because there's a lot of. A lot of moving parts with it so if, if you didn't quite get it that's not unusual it, yeah state legislators don't always understand it either so well i'll be sure to come back with some more questions on it for the audience tomorrow when we can fi maybe finish the interview but uh thank you very much for your time this was a uh, a lot of fun uh go ahead and give you plugs look at people donate to you uh let people find you yeah yeah so if you if you would like to contribute to the campaign um you can find me on twitter at uh, paleo gop um on my third account right now. Um, so hit, give me a follow. My follows are really low. Um, you can find the campaign donation there. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, to Nick there, um, a local uh, local Republican or um, the, public, the county uh, north of me and Nick Hankoff. And uh, shout out to Tho for his uh, influence and his guidance, his coaching. Um, he, he really is an invaluable resource for libertarians who really want to become politically active and, and be relevant. So um for sure yeah and i'm sure there's some other folks i'm missing here but um we're we're kind of crunch for time and i'm new to this too it's all good if you could when you're done we got it before you get to answer just dm me those links so i can put them in the description so everyone can uh, make some donations get you Thanks. elected 
Welcome to Pump. Thanks for coming on. Hey guys, it's another episode of uh, Face Liberty and Praxis. Uh, appreciate a like, comment, and subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good night. Thank you.